OTB GAA. Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod. Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way. Hurling pod versus football pod. Will, you're a coward. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB GAA. Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, where this week we are joined by Loud Captain Samuel Roy to talk about life, leadership and legacy. My name is Al O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former cabin goalkeeper and a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. Sam chats to me about trying to create meaningful change in Loud. He shares his take on the role of a captain and discusses how growth as a person has helped him improve his performances on the field. He also looked back on his struggles to find purpose and direction in life outside of the GA and tells us how a life-changing work placement was the catalyst to set up his own business, Sam Mulroy Fitness. The Player's Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of Bio360, a GPA programme that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. You can find out more about me and my work by visiting realtalks.ie and you can also get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram if you have any questions or feedback on the podcast. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy the player's voice with Sam Roy. Samuel Roy, you're very welcome to the player's voice. Thanks so much for taking the time to sit down with us. How are you keeping? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. Conversation I'm really looking forward to having. Um, I suppose to kick us off and we'll get right into it, I was, as I've been kind of looking looking you up the last few days and last couple of weeks getting ready to talk to you, um, one of the things that just kept cropping up over and over again is this kind of title of Ireland's top scorer has been linked to you now, like all the interviews, all the newspaper headlines. Um, I suppose I was just going to start by how has how has it been to kind of get that recognition and that like um, yeah I suppose the recognition and then is there any pressure that's kind of come with that for you? Yeah, it's been it's been funny. I suppose it's been a um, I suppose look obviously the rise of of Loud has massively um, has happened over the last two years. I suppose with it. With the um, Mickey Hart joining the setup, and I suppose that's been the main factor um, of Loud's Loud's rise up the divisions, and probably more, as you said, headlines and um, people interested in how Loud are doing because Mickey Hart's there. Um, so I suppose I've benefited off that in in terms of um, Mickey making me captain, um, and obviously, look, my job is mainly to score for the team and. Thankfully, I've done that a lot last year, and um, that was the, that was obviously the plan. And we got out of the division, and everything went swimmingly until probably we probably didn't play well in the championship and stuff. But in terms of personally and dealing with that, it's been it's been it's been great. Look, I suppose you you play to you play to to play well and to make headlines. And as a young fella, that's all you want is to for people to know your name and to talk about you and say, "Oh, geez, wasn't wasn't Sam great today?" Or did he score X, Y, and Z? Or He's doing this. He's doing that, and um, I suppose when you're young, you're you're wishing for that, and then sometimes when you get to it, it's like nearly you know, wish it would go away. Sometimes, so it's been funny. It's been a, it's been some days have been great, some days have been bad, and I suppose 
look when you when maybe people put you up there that there's a lot of people trying to knock you down as well so it's kind of taken as from my side it's been trying to park it a little bit um and and block out the noise because at the end of the day and um, there's a bigger picture in terms of our team and um loud ga as a whole um, and look if i represent that happy days and, and i'm willing to do that and um, i'll do it to the best of my ability but for me it's important that um it's not just about samurai um so that's kind of been a massive learning curve um as i said when you're young maybe you want it to be about yourself but um as i've grown older and wiser um i think it's definitely been about more about how can i help and play my part in making loud and um, be be successful and great i suppose yeah and like you mentioned the the learning curve there um and could you kind of join up that for us a little bit kind of what that it what that journey's been like to go from kind of I suppose every player like there's different phases of coming through on the squad Sam and you know you might come in as a young lad or whatever your first year you're a rookie and you're kind of happy to be there or I'm first it's my job to get on the 26 or next it's my job to get on the team and you can kind of like you're almost, not that you're coasting but you can kind of be happy with your lot but then it sounds like you've had to kind of kick through a couple of gears quite quickly to come up higher up the pecking order both in loud um, first of all to actually start achieving some of the stuff that you've done individually is that fair to say? Yeah absolutely I suppose um, I actually spoke at the GPA rookie camp the other day and um, I suppose when I look <laughs> the question was what were you doing when you were 18 or 19 and to, in terms of what you're doing now and when I think back and I was when I first came into the Loud team all I wanted to do when I was younger was obviously play for Loud and to get in there then I was just so happy to, to even be there um, and I coasted for probably a year or two and was nearly wanting to be in teams but not wanting to play because I, I felt that so much pressure that if I was in there that I wasn't good enough and um, I was just happy to be there was was the biggest thing because I just love Loud GA. my family loves Loud GA. we travelled all over Ireland to see Loud play for years and um, so to get in there I probably coasted for a few years and then it was in terms of actually look I probably had a little bit of a breakthrough then with I dislocated my ankle when Pete McGrath came in and Loud were in Division 2 so I missed out on that and I suppose that kind of flicked the switch and Loud didn't win a game that year and um, I, the next year I, I played decent enough football and I was starting most matches and it just was a flick of the switch in terms of mentality and what I wanted from being an inter-county footballer it was like if I'm going to put in all this time and effort and go to all the training sessions I'm going to make them worthwhile um, so yeah, I suppose in, that's been a learning curve um, and I try to look, maybe get that across quicker to some of the younger players in the squad now that like don't wait. Um, you're here for a reason, you're obviously good enough but um, and yes look it takes time and transitional periods are, are massively important but um, if I had known or even thought like I thought now at 18 or 19 or backed myself a little bit more I could have been um, more uh, influential on the team sooner um, and that's probably a little bit of a regret but a learning curve as well yeah and that like that mindset shift you referenced there like where where does that come from like what causes that like that kind of that sense of I'm here kind of a you start looking at within yourself in terms of kind of what am I going to do here how am I going to be better or how are we going to get better but where does that kind of shift come from is that true is that people talking to you is that an internal thing like I'm just very curious to learn more about that. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit of both. It's external and internal in terms of look. I was sick of probably two things. I was sick of Loud GEA not being good enough, 
um, and all the outside noise of remarks in terms of look our lads don't have a stadium they don't have this they'll always be a division 4 team and like that comes from other counties and that comes from within the county and I was probably sick of that in terms of I'm one of those people involved and I'm not doing anything to make a difference so that was the external factor was the noise around um, or the lack of noise and, and enthusiasm around loud football and then the second probably was um, our club um, were seriously underachieving um, we had never won a senior title um, up until 2017 um, had never won a championship um, at senior level um, in our history and we won our first one in the year COVID so then internally when obviously COVID hit and lockdown happened um, I suppose those the cogs in my head started turning and I turned COVID into a serious um, advantage for me um, in terms of how I trained and how I looked after my body and um, I really went to town on going and getting training sessions in and the work I'd done and it was a accumulation sorry of um, probably six months of work then and our club went on and won its first ever senior championship um, coming out of that COVID and then out of that COVID um, period into Loud um, was kind of when I had a little bit of a um, nice stint. We only played three matches but um, I suppose that, that was kind of when I kind of um, started playing well for Loud so uh, really and truly so um, yeah it was internal and external um, factors um, and both drove me personally I suppose and I know when you were describing like the external factors there so stuff could, like you say like with no stadium or it could be whatever like other counties could be we don't have training facilities or we don't have the players we, like there's loads of excuses that can come around as like a, that a county will tell itself in terms of underachieving and I hope you don't mind me asking this, were, were you also creating excuses for yourself around that time a couple of years ago, like where this fella doesn't like me or again, injury, whatever the things are, I don't know, but maybe you could tell us, like, was that kind of leaking, that kind of mentality leaking into you as an individual as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's said all the time, you're the accumulation of the people you spend your most time with or the people you listen to the most. And um, I suppose for a lot of people, it's easy then to sit back and say, oh yeah, sure, maybe we are a Division 4 team or maybe we are just not meant to have this or maybe I'm not good enough and um, I think it's easy to do that and that's why a lot of people in life in general don't succeed because they spend time telling themselves they can't do things um, and I'd be a big believer in um, belief in yourself is massively important and the people you surround you with um, are either going to push in that direction or they're going to pull you back from it and um, there's no standing still um, so for me, look, I, I was, I've mentioned um, many of the times now, it was Crane Byrne kind of made a little flick switch in my head that, um, look, you can either complain about being from Loud or you can go be the best in Loud. And that was in terms of personally and with our club. And so I've brought that mentality to everything I do now in terms of, yeah, you can complain about it and, and whinge about it or you can do, go do something about it. And that was, um, I suppose, massively um, influential on me, yeah. And then, like, building on that, Sam, like, could you tell me a little more about kind of, uh, and I love that story of you can either complain about or, or like, or become the best that, like, you can be here. Um, what changes did that trigger then, like, in terms of, because it's easy, I could sit here now and say, oh, yeah, great, you're a great lad, fair play, like, you flipped that switch and good for you. But, like, practically then in terms of, you know, like, your day-to-day, -day, your week-to-week, -week, like, what changes both kind of in terms of your thoughts and feelings, but then also what changes in terms of the actions and behaviours you're then taking? 
Yeah, the actions, like, ultimately, it's easy to say here and me to tell you, look, oh, t- start thinking this way and, and everything will change. It's, it doesn't it happen like that. And, um, and, and I'm like not saying you're not a great lad either. Yeah, cheers, cheers, <laughs> cheers. Um, but look, yeah, look, it, absolutely. It's it's easy to sit here and say those things. And um, look, it's, I'm still trying to improve. It's not as if I've reached the top or it's not as if I'm the best or it's nothing like that. It's a case of putting in small little changes to your, to your daily life that um, can positively impact you in the next five years. And I'm always kind of thinking, um, trying to think critically every day, like, is this decision the right one for me? Like, it's like having a, like, I obviously have a gym and lots of people trying to lose weight in the gym. And it's like, your short-term actions are great at the time, but are they going to help you in six months? So maybe don't have that. Yeah, that chocolate's going to taste lovely now, but is it going to be lovely in six months' time when you're really looking back on what you've done? So I suppose, yeah, putting in, I suppose, little actions daily, whether it was sleeping better. Look, my my life changed in terms of where I worked and what I'd done, what I studied, um, who I spent time with probably changed. And um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's looking at your own life in, in general terms and can you pick out things where, look, maybe they're not, to the standard they should be for where I want to go in life or in sport. So it was, yeah, I suppose trying to change those little behaviours daily and to make me a better person and a better footballer ultimately. And when you're when you're going through that process of like, you know, really looking at yourself and, and looking in the mirror for, for answers or solutions as to what you want, is there any point to that that's, that's scary, that's overwhelming, where you go, actually, maybe I'm sticking my head or sticking my neck out a bit too much here, I'll, I'll roll it back in. Um, was there any part that you found challenging? Yeah, I suppose, look, it's it's kind of, it's a funny one, like, I, I'm, I'm relatively young, I like to still think, and um, I suppose you kind of, I remember her club had maybe not an emergency meeting, but we had a meeting anyway, and I was okay, I was probably only 18 at the time, and um, probably seven, 17, 18 at the time and I kind of spoke and stood up and said there's no room for egos in this in this dressing room or this team anymore and I just felt that my club, my team, our team had suffered um, for too long with players looking after themselves and um, not putting the team first and I remember I look back at that now and go jeez, imagine if I was one of the old lads one of the younger lads said that <laughs> it'd be, he'd probably pull the head off him so it was a uh, brave at the time when I look back and but I didn't even think twice about it, it was nearly just instinct that I'm not I'm not sticking around for this any longer and um, so yeah there's definitely moments where I look back and go probably maybe shouldn't have said that or shouldn't have done that or but look um, that's who I am I suppose and um, I don't it's probably got me to where I am today and that's what I do and um, I don't think I'd change anything but look it's been tough <laughs> it hasn't been straight straightforward so um, yeah look it's been it's been interesting to say the least um, and like, and when you reflect back on on those last couple of years, like obviously, particularly the last two, it's gone very well for you individually. It's also gone well for Loud in terms of climbing divisions into a point where these are back up in Division Two now. Um, like, are you proud of that kind of transformation that you've been part of, as I said, both individually and collectively in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't think you really recognise or take recognition for when you're in the minute or in the moment more so, I think. Um, it's funny, my master's um, certificate literally came in the door there today and my mum asked me, are you proud? And I was like, yeah, maybe I am. But if you had asked me that when I just finished my thesis or when 
I was going through it, I would have said no. So it's kind of the same scenario, I think, of when maybe something's done, you appreciate it a little bit more. So I suppose we spoke about it in loud. Can we leave a legacy? Can we change something here? And and maybe when I look back in 10, 15 year time when um, hopefully I'm sailing off into the sunset, um, that I might be more proud of what happened. Um, but at the minute, no, it's not, it's not a case of proud or anything. Um, I think it's a journey that we need to be on and um, hopefully it keeps going the right direction more so than anything. And you mentioned, like you mentioned the word legacy there for you. Um, I suppose just there, I was talking about looking backwards, but if you look forwards, kind of like what do you hope that legacy is? And I know you're kind of, as I said, you're, you're in your prime now and you're kind of still, I'm not talking about like by the end of your career or whatever, but like, what do you think the legacy is for you? Like, what do you want to achieve while wearing the loud jersey? Um, for, like for yourself and for your county? Yeah, I suppose for, for loud, it's a case of probably changing in the narrative around loud GA. I think it's massively important that us as a team and us as a generation of players can leave loud in a better position than we got it. Um, and hopefully that's loud competing in Division 1 and 2. Um, comfortably um, for me that's massively important and then I think we need to become a more of a championship team I don't think we've can play well in the champ we haven't got by the quarter final in probably 10 years which is just not not good enough so um, I think look if we got to a Leinster final or if we won a Delaney Cup um, it would be obviously heading us here for, for a week or two so I think that's that's where kind of my head's at and where the team's head's at um, can we change that over the next 5-10 years um, to leave, I suppose, a little bit of a legacy, yeah. You mentioned, so you mentioned earlier on that obviously Mickey Hart comes in is a huge name for Loud and obviously um, is such a, been such one of the most successful managers of all time. Why do you think he made you captain, uh, I suppose, of his Loud team and, and for Loud as a whole? Why, why do you think he chose you to be the leader of that group? Um, I don't know, I... Uh, you just wonder that sometimes, and um, I suppose when it, when it, when I when he made me captain, um, former captain Bevan Duffy come up and asked and said, or said congratulations, and um, said, look, you're you're made captain for a reason. Don't change anything. Um, so when I look back and what I done or what I do, um, I haven't tried to change anything because I've got this title of being captain. So I, I suppose, look, I, I was captain of the minors. I was captain of the lead on twenties. I'm captain of my club. It was kind of like it feels natural to me and um, maybe he's seen that. I don't know. I enjoy um, having the role. So I thought personality traits, I don't know. Um, but look, I enjoy the role. I, I take it in my stride and um, yeah, maybe seen that more so than anything. Is it something, like was it something you wanted? Is it something you'd given thought to to take it by surprise? Um, like I know, as you're talking there, you're kind of describing being captain pretty regularly through different age groups or whatever. But this is also different because it's a it's a outside person coming into loud and maybe isn't overly familiar with underage setups or what got on previously. So, like, were you surprised to be chosen, or was it something I think you kind of expected? Yeah, it's like did I expect it? No, like I'm not going to say like I. Sp- expected it that I wanted yes um, I 100% wanted Mickey Hart to be impressed by me and I done everything I could to make sure he was impressed by me um, on his first few training sessions and I still do um, try to impress and so yeah it was a case of that I think he would 
Um, I don't know. Um, did I want it? Yeah, 100% I wanted it. Um, and I've told people that before, so I have no shame in saying that. Um, as I said, growing up, all I wanted to do was be player led and be captain led of, and dream of being the best. Like, And so that's what this goal is still is, to to continue and to try be that. So, yeah, it's been... It's been great to look, I suppose, to get that back and is massively, massively um the belief and that that's given me has been so, so important in my progression. So I'll always be thankful to him for that. Um yeah, so I suppose more so wanting it than anything else was was the big one. Yeah, they you did want it. Um if I was to ask you, how would you describe like I suppose just as I'm listening to you there again, I kind of repeat it, but like clearly you're someone who others identify as a leader or spot in terms of certain traits or in terms of characteristics. What, how would you describe your leadership style out of interest? Yeah, it's, it's funny. And I've done a lot of reading and research and obviously it was involved in my um, master's degree of how to lead. And it's funny, there's, it's the most researched um topic in the world it's mental the styles and the and the and the thoughts that go into it it's funny um but for me you know it's been about I suppose always I suppose on the pitch is the most important like can you can you deliver when when it matters um or when it doesn't matter and are your habits really good um so it's always the small things for me I suppose and then I suppose look if, if you're playing well um it's massively important to the team look at Sam's doing that or the captain's doing that um, look we'll all row in behind that I think that makes it a little bit easier um, when you're playing well so that's been massively important that I continue to play well and that um, I do everything right in the training pitch to, to continue playing well and I think it makes it easier for the team to buy in then um, and then I suppose in terms of other stuff then it's kind of um, how do you conduct yourself um, how do you talk to the kit man do you pick up your gear after yourself um, do you wash your plate after you see your training? Um, I think little stuff like that is massively important and in terms of look setting a standard for, for people across the board and um, I'm a big believer in yeah, the little things matter. Um, so yeah, no, that's been um, probably the style I've approached uh, or approached it with, rightly or wrongly. You know, I feel like when it comes to leadership, like as you, you already mentioned, there's about 7 million books and like often there's not there isn't really a right or wrong with it. It's about being authentic and kind of finding, finding the way that's like natural to you or that feels right to you. And like, as I'm listening to you there, certainly um, I definitely hear a strong kind of a sense of a pace setting leader, like someone who wants to set high standards and lead by example, first and foremost. Would that be, is that kind of a fair, would that be a fair summary kind of of how you would view some of that yeah. leadership style of yours? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and that's not a case of saying I'm the best at um, I'm not saying I'm the best in the gym or I'm not saying I'm the best at running and I'm not saying I'm top of the leaderboard on X, Y or Z but definitely I'd like to think that I'm pushing standards across the board and making sure that we're all driving in the one direction um, and I think if we can create a good bond and I think that's important as well as, and we can create a team environment where everyone wants to be there and um, I think I play a role in that um, that everyone feels comfortable and everyone feels yeah, look, lads, I want to be part of this loud team. Um, so, yeah, no, look, pushing standards and um, I don't think you have to be the best at them, um, but I do think you need to push them and you have to look at key metrics of 
look, there's probably five standards across. Are you fit enough? Is your um, are you lifting your weights in the gym? Are you practicing outside of training? Are you turning up the training early? There's key metrics then across the board, and if you're taking some of those boxes and pushing lads to do them as well, I think, um, yeah, I think that's that's a good standard. And then has that has that ever caused any challenges or any friction with teammates when you're trying to do that? Or you're trying to lead in that way or bring other people along. Has that ever brought up any tension that you've had to navigate that maybe you could have got away with being, I suppose, before you were a captain? Um, in terms of needing to be more nuanced or having to communicate more regularly with other people? Yeah, look, I think um, maybe players feel nearly sometimes you're a link between the team and the management and the managers feel, managers feel that as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of communication to be to be dealt with, I suppose, in terms of players coming to speak to you or um, even just someone to have a have a moan to sometimes and I have to be that years and I'm, and I'm okay with that and um, I think that's important as well. Um, I think managers maybe try give messages through me to get to the team and yeah you're kind of like a, a message boy some of the times and um, but that's fine I think and I think that's imp- it's an important part of it um, in terms of dealing with difficult moments yeah there's, there's times where it comes in and it's your head that's on the block um, a lot of the time so look at the end of the day Mickey and Gavin and his team are probably only going to be there for X amount of years a short period of, of air time um, so I think ultimately it comes down to the players and um, I feel a responsibility for the players there at, at the minute so um, yeah like I said my head's on the block a bit at a time so um, I need to make sure that yeah we're delivering Yeah and it sounds like that I mean you mentioned the word responsibility there Sam like that that's something ultimately that you're at a point in your life where it kind of does it, you're okay putting on your shoulders in terms of being that messenger for a teammate or even being the ear for a, for someone who wants a moan whereas you know maybe going back five six years maybe you were the the, the younger hotshot that was getting in trying to score five points in the in the game and go home or whatever it was um, and is that kind of I mean in some ways is that kind of growth and that kind of more responsibility of the team like does that help it like almost matter more to you like become more of a like make it more important yeah I think so and I think uh, it's been it's been a nice in a way I think nearly sometimes when I was growing up and as you said when I was coming in first all that mattered to me was yeah look, getting the score sheet or play really well or um, do this or do that on the on the pitch and then um, I suppose that creates its own pressure um, so it's been nice to nearly forget about them, not forget about them but park them a little bit and know yeah look I need to do my job on the pitch but can you focus on making someone better or can you check in with someone to make sure they had a, a good training session or a good day or um, it's been a nice I suppose responsibility and I enjoy that like my, my work is revolved around making sure people feel good about themselves so um, yeah it's been a nice kind of um, role to have and responsibility to have as well um, in terms of just dealing with people as well as players so yeah, I do, I do enjoy that role more so. Um, I don't see it as a as a burden. Right, it's great. Um, and then obviously having it then, like it, in it must like always, I suppose, empower you to like say going back five six years ago when you're like, right, I want to be the best player in loud, or I'm sick of us being like crap, or I'm sick of the way it is. I want to change it. Did you feel kind of more empowered then to kind of to be yourself, to express yourself, and then to try and create the change ultimately? Be that in terms of culture or standards or whatever it is that's been going on. Um, 
has has that like lifted you to do that more? Yeah, I think so. It's been it's been empowering, I suppose, to to be given a responsibility where someone thinks you can bring the best out of people or um and it's felt like it's cliche and all this is, we have a saying up on our wall in the gym, if if you change nothing, nothing changes. So for me to put myself out there and um try make changes hasn't has hasn't always been straightforward or people don't maybe take to it as well sometimes. But um as I said, if you change nothing, nothing changes. So it was a case of whether you, like I said earlier, do you sit there and let it keep happening or do you just like are you happy with that or are you gonna do something about it? So that was kind of what it was for me and um yeah, it's been it's been brilliant to to try ask myself that question, can you bring the best out of people? And um yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the role at the minute anyway, yeah. No, it's savage and I think it's like the I mean, it's probably the perfect transition to go, like you mentioned, change there multiple times. And what well, we spent the first chunk of our conversation talking about your growth as a player, as a forward, um, Loud's growth and trying to de- develop and trying to improve. Like Samurai, the person has obviously been busy in the background making changes and driving things and kind of getting your life to what you feel, I'm sure, is a better place and more comfortable in your own skin. So could I ask maybe just to explain that kind of journey you've been on since you're, you know, let's say jump in from a teenager or whatever you were doing to kind of where you are now and kind of just give us an overview of what that's been like. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose when I was a teenager and, um, yeah, it's funny, like, and you say comfortable in your own skin and stuff, it's it's funny. I never, like, I'm never, I'm not a big um, talker in terms of talking about, probably struggle that side of things, talk about feelings or whatever. And when I look back at school and stuff, I was never a, uh, I didn't enjoy school. I hated being there. I only stayed because I think my granddad said he'd give me a, a couple of grand to get me first car if I'd done my leaving cert. So really hated school. Didn't enjoy that kind of time or period in, in my life really too much other than playing football. And and that was all. I grew up trying to be a GA player. Like, And um, it's funny, yeah, when I think back to that time in life, there was nothing other than GA. And then I suppose I was working in a pub for a while and um, didn't fill in a CA form, CAO form or no aspirations to go to college, had no clue what I was going to do other than play GAA. And it's funny then, my, my friend um, Robbie Robbie Smith um, turned around to me and said, yeah, you're Sam the footballer, but what else are you going to be? Like, One of your friends said that to you? Yeah, he's a, he's a good head in the wow. shoulders. He's a, he's, a few, yeah. he's a few years older than me and he's he's very clever and he... He's actually physio for the Mead team now at the minute and he works in the clinic in town here. He's he's excellent at his job and he's a clever person and he said, yeah, you can be Sam the footballer all you want, but that only lasts so long and what else are you going to be? So I suppose that kind of was... What age are you, Sam, when he says that to you, just out of interest? 18, 19 years of age, probably. And at the time I was going, oh, here, will you give it over? Like, you know what I mean? And you don't take it on, you don't, you nearly, you just feel like he's slagging you and, and then after a few weeks I was like, that it started hitting home. I was like, "Geez, I am nothing else other than like." And then it's a realization of, "Geez, I haven't done anything educational. I've no degree. I've no even cert. I think I got a hundred, two hundred points. Um, like I'd done nothing at school. And it was a case of, yeah, I needed to change that. Um, because at the end of the day, unfortunately, um, I wasn't going to make it as a soccer player, and I. Um, didn't know if I was going to make it as a loud player and unfortunately that doesn't pay the bills and so it was a case then of at 18, 19 what I was going to do I was working in a bit of construction then I was working in the pub and um, ultimately 
Derek really rang me from DQITs and asked me to come play football with the college. And I was like, Derek, I don't have a great leaving cert. I don't think I'm going to get into college. So um, it was a case. I went and done a PLC course here in Drawda and um, I started to go through the motions of college and ultimately failed college probably three or four times. And um, yeah, I didn't, didn't do the best of college for the first few years. And like I still hadn't copped on at that stage. Um, like ultimately I was going to college to play football and I didn't go to DKIT then because they weren't playing Sigerson and so I went to Carlo then for a year because they were in Sigerson and they had a GEA course and yeah when I think back I my head was probably up my hole a little bit so um, yeah it was At that point even though you're, you are kind of padding you think you're padding out the education or trying to it's still Samurai the GA players still whether you realise or not still kind of pressing the buttons and driving where you're going or what you're doing is it? Yeah it was completely like GA focus it was completely about pushing GA. so even in Carlo I had got a house down there I was supposed to stay down there but I'd I'd travel down on a Sunday night and I'd come back home on a Monday evening to go loud gym training I'd go back down Monday night Tuesday go to college if I did Tuesday night, come home for loud training. Back then, Tuesday night, did the same on Thursday. Like I spent my whole year in Carlo. I think I went out as a college student, I went out once in Carlo. And I think back to that now, I was mad in the head. I wasn't even playing with loud. I was just after been calling to the squad. I was sitting on the bench most of the time. And um, yeah, that's who I was. I suppose I was just trying to be defined by GEA. Um, and yeah, I ended up transferring to DKIT then. Um, and studied there for a number of years, um, longer than I should have. Um, my friends are keen to remind me of that. So yeah, that took a while to get through that one. And um, yeah, then I suppose that the the flick went off um, or the switch went to my head and it was a, um, I'd done my placement, college placement in third year in Blanchestown in Sport Ireland um, with Loud's SNC coach at the time, Graham Byrne, who I mentioned earlier. And he became a little bit of a mentor in terms of, I was working in the gym with him and that was in my mindset. Look, Graham's and obviously Leverman, he's worked with a lot of high profile athletes, um, soccer and GA and um he started um chipping away at my head and what I thought and what where did I want to go with things and um so yeah, I suppose that played a massive part in where I've ended up now. I'd done three months placement there and then the following January I went and opened um my own business um in the in the gym. So yeah, it was yeah, not saying it was all down to Graham, but there was a he played a big role and and changed my mind and and then I became a focus of at least I had something to focus on and at least I knew then like geez I actually really enjoy this and I enjoy making people feel good about themselves through exercise and I feel good um about it and yeah I suppose that gave me purpose and and direction so I went chasing that and um, I finished out my degree in sport exercise and the gym was running really well I gave up the job in the pub and in construction and. Um, football started well, I started being better at football and everything started to feel better and look better for me in my day and yeah it was it was a massive um, turning point in my life I have to say yeah It's such a I mean it's such an interesting journey you've described um, I mean, there's so many different parts that we could we could jump we could jump into and I suppose the first one I started is it was the Sports Ireland kind of when you get them not the mentorship when you get the job placement that's the first one where the, the penny really drops with you in terms of like I suppose 
is it is is it even that it's not oh this it's not like that I'm looking for a traditional job but this is like a way of life or a passion or something that I actually get enjoyment from rather than going hey what can I do to get a couple of quid in that lets me go to train on Thursday or Tuesday or whatever it is is that kind of going on around that time Sam and if it is kind of what age are you at that point yeah so I'm probably 20 20 20 around 20 years of age and at, as you said there I was working in the pub just for money I was working in construction though because the money was really good and um, it was diesel in the car and it was enough to buy pairs of upper boots if I, if I liked the pair and that's all it was at the time and there was no purpose and um, there was no there was no drive I didn't want to get up in the morning and go down to work like I dragged out of bed 10 minutes before work the construction sites to the minutes down the road and I'd rock in and I'd get through the day just to go training that night like and I was, I was living off that so when I got that sense of I suppose something I enjoyed and um something that interests me and gave me purpose um, in terms of being in Sport Ireland and um, it just opened my eyes to there's more, more to life than maybe GAA and playing the whole time and um, as I said it doesn't last forever so that was maybe a, a cop on moment um, so that was yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say cliches is it's life changing I suppose those three months um, I suppose been around look Sport Ireland I don't know if you've ever been there it's an absolutely incredible campus yes and you've obviously the headquarters of every, all the um, all the sports around Ireland so going in and seeing and even athletes walking by every day and um, yeah it was absolutely incredible the RFU and the Irish players walking in or the soccer players walking in and seeing that and dealing with that and just yeah it was incredible so and I suppose maybe realising yeah look I can't make it as a professional athlete but I could go into working professionally in exercise. So yeah, that was kind of, um, it was an unbelievable um, experience and one I'm very thankful for, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, and it sounds like it came at just, like it sounds like it came at just the right time for you and to have that kind of mentor and that kind of friendship to help guide you as well. And what I'm thinking just as I'm, as I'm talking here too, is that like you mentioned there, it was, um, you saw that there was more to life, but in some ways, does it also make you see or understand that there's more to you as well like did it make you look more I suppose rather than the fancy job title or being in the cool place does it make you think about the wider parts to who you are yeah absolutely absolutely it was a case of um, for me it was like as I said it it was a change in my um, thoughts and beliefs towards look yeah you're not going to be um, I can't solemnly live my life by playing, playing GEA and then it became a right. I need to get cleverer because um, I'm going to try train people, and I need to know what I'm talking about. So then I had to go study, um, and then that gave me a little bit of sense of look. I didn't enjoy it, but you don't have to enjoy everything you do in life if it's going to bring you in a, in a good direction. So look, I went back and um, I studied a little bit more, and um, yeah, it definitely made me look inwards um, more um, in terms of what I thought about life and about myself um, and where I wanted to go. So. Um, and who I wanted to be. So yeah, definitely um, made me um, look at the fancy things of being in Sport Ireland and seeing um, Irish players walk in or X, Y and Z is, is cool and it sounds cool when you say it out loud, but um, it was definitely um, more important of of experiencing that for myself um, and been able to say, yeah, look, um, I will go back and study even though I don't like it, but I know I have to and um, if I want to run a successful business, um, I need to know what I'm talking about. So I went and done a master's in sports management just because I wanted it or just because I needed to. Um, so from a lad who hated study and hated school and hated being told what to do, to, um, someone who, 
and I suppose went and chased that then was, yeah, definitely um, a case of looking inwards, I suppose. Like, was it, was it daunting for you to go back into, I suppose, academia or the education system at a master's level when maybe your previous experiences of it hadn't been great? I know I'm even thinking, were the, the conversation you had in the player's voice before Christmas with Lee Keegan and he said, like, he went back to do, I think he was in a master's as well, and he was like, give me playing in front of 60,000 people any day ahead of doing one single exam. Oh, um, any day of the week. Oh, so it was a daunting yeah. for you? Yeah, I'm with Lee on that one. Um, 100%, yeah. I suppose it's, it's what you're comfortable in, and um, like Lee's grown up and has played in front of thousands the last 10 years of his life, and I'm not saying I'm speaking for him or I can't speak for him, but speaking for myself, that's what I know, that's what I'm good at, that's what I do. Whereas I know I'm not particularly good at studying. I know I'm not particularly good at writing um, a thesis or I'm not particularly good at taking exams. So yeah, it was daunting and um, there was times there I was kind of, jeez, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And me coming home on a Sunday night after a league match there last year and having to finish off assignments 10, 11, 12 o'clock that night and you absolutely drained. And yeah, there was a lot to that. There was lots of that. But look, in fairness, I had, I had some really, really good help around me. Um, I have to thank me to to give them a shout out here, my two uncles and my cousin, um, who are good uh, academically, um, put in a lot of help with me and look I suppose just leaning on people who can who can help you and um yeah, I, I had to lean on them a lot, but um ultimately, yeah, I had to go do the work. But yeah, daunting I have to say it was. Yeah. It's such a no, it takes courage to go back and to do that, Sam, you know, and I we we at the I think earlier in the conversation we talked about excuses and like It'd be very easy for you to say, ah, listen, I always wanted to do this, but sure, I can't do the studying thing um, or I couldn't do it. You know, I can't, I don't have the time to go to Belfast or to go, you said it was Belfast, you were up in Georgetown, I was in Belfast, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just loads of different excuses that you could have come. So I suppose my question to you is like, what was different this time, now if you reflect on it, like what, what did motivate you to A, I suppose, keep going and then B, like, like get through it, like? Yeah, it's a case of, Firstly, I knew um, I knew I didn't need it. Um, I'd set up the business. The business was running well. The business probably won't run any different whether I had it or I didn't have it. Um, so I think being okay with that and knowing this is solely for my head and for my personal gain um, and early justification for, um, I think we mentioned it before we, we come on, that it was just justification for who I was and what, where the business was going and um, yeah, to keep going was like, I suppose I, I hate quitting at anything. Um, so yeah, that was a big driver of, I had told people I was doing it and I'd never have someone turn around and say, I did not do that. So it was a case of an external factor probably driving the internal thoughts. Um, so yeah, no, that was, um, that was a definitely a factor and then, um, yeah, look, I suppose looking at the bigger picture in terms of, look, I want to be very successful with, with the business. Um, so that was absolutely a massive factor in if I want the business to be successful, I need to be successful in terms of what I do. So, yeah, it was, I suppose, putting me in a better position so that I could help the business be better. Um, and obviously, look, I have staff and people need to, I suppose, look up to me throughout the business and the members and everyone. So it was a case of, yeah, proving to myself and to everyone else that, um, yeah, this is this is the business and this is what it has. And 
X, Y, and Z. So they were definitely factors in not quitting, I suppose. And tell me, tell me a little bit more about the business for anyone that doesn't know, like what's it called? What's your day to day? Kind of what is, what is the thing now where you're waking up in the morning, hopefully still getting out of bed with some energy and then zest and, and ready to go and not getting, dry, not getting dried out of bed like we talked about in previous chapters of life, you know? Yeah, so the business is Samurai Fitness. Um, it's a gym I set up in Monasabois, um, and we are a private training facility. So we take in small group personal training. Um, that's what that's our main classes, and we do bigger, large group sweat classes. So um, we don't open to the general public. Um, people can't just walk in off the street to the gym. Um, so yeah, everything is very personally um, touched and. That's how the business run. That's how the gym runs. Um, so every time you come in, there's a coach there, and every time you you come in, you get you're greeted by your first name, and those are big things that um, we focused on. Our our gym is very community based in terms of we run members events, we host um, days out, we host nights out, and um, more so not just coming in to work out, but more so coming in um, for a chat or to meet your friends or meet new people, and um, we've had success off creating a bond between people in the gym and um, inspiring people through exercise and friendships has been a, has been incredible for, for me to see. And it was our third birthday there, the first week of January, and the gym's third, third birthday, and um, I spoke. Congratulations. Yeah, no, it was, it was, a, bit, it was a big, big birthday for us. So, uh, no, just the, like I, was, I spoke to the members that day who were there, we'd done a little bit of workout and coffees and stuff after, and um, I'd kind of said, like, for me to stand here and look out and to see 50 odd people there who are after working out and are drinking a coffee together like that was so so special to me and it, sometimes it gets you get caught up running around day to day or getting up a bed at 5am to, to be in the gym for, for people and um, to look around and see people happy and enjoying each other's company and like that's why I do it um, and we've created a nice community there with um, 130, 40 odd members and yeah, it's been it's been an incredible journey. Um and and it's grown and and it has grown over the last three years. I'm not saying that was always the case. We had some tough times. I've done a lot of it on my own. Um and there was times where you wanted to pack it in and um stuff. But look it, it makes it all worthwhile when you see people enjoying themselves in in a space that um, we've created. So yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a brilliant journey, I suppose. No, it's like good for obviously just good for you, and obviously it's it's such a great thing to, clearly for for your community where you're from. And I know I kind of laughed there, like you know when you go like you said a grown business, so you're working for yourself. Like you'll get a good chunk of people that will say things like, "Oh, shit, that must be great. You work for yourself, not about or what I'd give for that." I suppose, I and mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but like like anything, there's challenges and there's pros and cons, and like in terms of. I suppose in terms of the college stuff you mentioned, like, you know, having, say, own girls or family, whoever could kind of help or give you a steer. Like, have you needed help along the way in terms of business, be it, like, for however it may be? Like, have you needed help along the way with that? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, for, like, I've worked closely with the GPA in terms of um, personal development and business development. So they've been a massive help. Um, I've worked with, like, my family, my dad and myself painted the gym. Like, stuff like that, like, people don't know and... Um, people don't look for any credit for it or stuff like that. Like, I love that. Like, me and my dad painted the gym and it took us two weeks, like, and um, you'll always remember that stuff, you know, sort of way. And there's you were painting by the day, were you? Yeah, uh, that's what he wishes. 
Uh, <laughs> he got a bit of lunch. He got a bit of lunch at the end of the week, I think. Um, so yeah, look, my uh, that's kind of how it's it started, and it got along that way. And like my uncle comes over and tips her, and he hangs stuff on the wall if we need stuff hung up, and it might be crooked, but um, it's done, and there's no question to ask, you know, that sort of way. So um, look, my mom, I suppose, as well, like he'd always come home, and he might have had a bad day, and. You might be giving out about someone or something and you need to pay this and you need to pay that. And yeah, there's definitely been challenges and it's tough. There was weeks so I was working probably 70 hours weeks of just coaching and uh, it was non-stop and um, it's tough on your own. And um, yeah, look, there's many plus sides to it. Um, and it's about getting the business to a stage where um, I don't have to be there um, maybe every day or um, trusting people to, to look after it, which is tough when it's your own. But um I suppose, yeah, look, for, for me, it's always about being better and looking at the next thing and um, how can we improve, how can I improve, how can the service improve. So, um, yeah, absolutely, definitely if I have to lean on people to, to get it better, I definitely will. And, um, yeah, that's been, it's been exciting. And I know, like, you mentioned there from the Gaelic Players Association perspective, like, working with them in terms of personal development and business development. And I suppose just practically then, like, because I suppose what, this is my second year you know, on the Players Voice podcast. I've been really lucky to talk to people, male and female from all over Ireland, um, like footballers, hurling players, Crowley players, whatever it may be. And it's like, I suppose for for players that are maybe curious about engaging or having yet or want to know kind of, well, what does personal development actually look like or business development actually look like? Could you give us kind of another layer of kind of what that support actually is then practically and kind of how it hel has helped you? Yeah, so I reached out to the GPA when um, I'd first kind of started doing some um, classes and stuff in the gym and um, I'd started and it kind of started becoming a thing then, look, at, this, at the time, like as I said, I was, I was probably doing it to get money. Um, it was something I enjoyed more so than going to work in the pub. So um, at the time I hadn't thought it would be where it is today. It was not as if I started out with this great idea and I could see it being a massive gym. It was a case of, yeah, I needed money and we ran a six week block. Um, and we, and it was a success. So it, when it started building, I suppose I was like, geez, I actually don't know nothing about running a business or um, how, I, how I go about this. So that was the reason why I, I reached out, I suppose. So a GPA staff member has, um, who I continue to work with um, even to this day has been, I can't speak highly enough of the engagement I've had. Um, look, he's helped me in terms of, yeah, help run the business or help me make decisions. Um, but, I even in terms of actually developing as a person or look if I came to him with an idea that I think um, it's like a case of actually we just go for a coffee and um, we'll sit and I might have a few things wrote down that I'd like to discuss that day and they could be just, they might sound like the maddest ideas in my head or they might sound ridiculous and we just talk them out and some days we could just talk about how I feel and how football's going and um, look maybe going back to the Masters won't suit because um, you're at what you're trying to run a business and you're trying to play with loud so is that the right thing to do and at the time yeah look we, we talked that out and yes it was so those are just some of the things that I suppose that he um, has helped me with over the last few years and um, as I said once you reach out it's also easy I keep saying that and it's and I think the GPA keeps saying that um, but it actually is that easy and um, the people at the GPA are so sound and um, as I said like I, they talk and it's confidential and um, I don't care if I go to him with a mad idea where it's nearly going to a friend or my mum or dad or anyone around my girlfriend that um, they might look at you funny 
Whereas when you go to someone that's kind of has an outside opinion or doesn't actually know you know you, um, it makes things maybe saying things a little bit easier. So, um, yeah, Jesus, is, I know I probably rambled on there a little bit about them, but yeah, it's been the I just speak so highly of that GPA staff member. So yeah, it's been incredible. I know that you mentioned earlier, I know that the GPA rookie camp was recently in terms of new players coming in, just trying to help upskill them, raise awareness of supports and services that are available. As like, when you think back to maybe the, the younger version of yourself we talked about earlier, um, like, do you think a younger version of yourself around 18, 19 would have been surprised by the journey that you've been on and the place that you've got to now? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's funny, I was saying like I sat, I went to the GPA rookie camp when I was 18 or 19 and uh, it's funny then going out to talk at it there last week um, has been has been funny like and it's nearly come full circle and yeah when I think back and when I was 18, 19, 20 and uh, I suppose if I had said to an 18 year old Sam you'd be doing this now um, I probably wouldn't believe, would have believed you so um yeah, it's been, the journey has been incredible and one I'm thankful and grateful for and I'm a big believer in looking what's next. As I said, I'm really driven to improve. So it's been a case of um, having really stopped and looked back yet. But um, I suppose when you do maybe have a little think about it, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, <laughs> it's been madness, I suppose, yeah, the last few years of uh, starting up the own business and stuff. Yeah, it's been, it's been enjoyable and challenging and um, a journey that I, hopefully will continue on for the next number of years yeah and like have you any idea or any kind of anything you're willing to share and kind of what you want that next phase of the journey to look like I know and I really appreciate the honesty and insights of us reflecting on on your life and your journey to this point both on and off the field but just in terms of looking forward and kind of be it that I suppose more off the field to be honest with you kind of just kind of what you have in terms of hopes for yourself aspirations for yourself yeah I suppose look I I the gym obviously has targets um, it has targets to meet and look that'll be a, an increase in, in people who actually come to the gym and um, it's incre- it's decreasing the num- number of people who leave the gym and look there's all that stuff that goes on in, in my day to day that um, those targets need to be met and need to be hit so that's what drives me probably daily um, in terms of making sure the gym is taking little steps and in going in the right direction um, and then look in, we're obviously a small enough facility look we have a great space and etc etc but um, probably look been in a, in a bigger facility or maybe having another facility is um, in the back of my mind um, a lot of the time so um, yeah look in five years time if I had two gyms um, I'd be very very happy or if I had one big successful gym um, that was running with 200 members I'd be, I'd be very very happy yeah No savage stuff and I suppose I think one of the other things I did want to ask you kind of before that you go was because you mentioned it earlier was that like you mentioned kind of that sweet spot of when kind of you had been challenging and pushing yourself as an individual as a player but then when you start kind of matching it with growing as a person and that kind of that synergy or when that those two walks of life kind of come together I think you mentioned that you found yourself actually playing better did you say that earlier or am I imagining that? Yeah, yeah, I suppose um, they correlated in a way of um, when my life started changing outside of football, that my football probably started improving um, and I had probably priorities straight. Did that surprise you? Um, surprise, no. Um, I don't think so, no. I suppose look when I, when I look back, uh, when you're working in a pub, you're, you're there till three or four in the morning and 
you're supposed to go training and the next day like it doesn't add up so um, I suppose life choices and work choices um, correlate maybe to um, a little bit better performance um, and then in terms of mindset shifts maybe a little bit as well like when you're in the pub it's probably easy then to after work go for um, have a chipper because you're starving and you're after working all evening whereas when you're working in the gym it's a lot easier probably to eat healthy you know so so um, surprise no I think it correlates very well um, with being an inter-county footballer um, but yeah I think there's definitely been challenges in terms of when you're picking between one or the other like at, t- at times um, one of them's going to suffer and it's going to be their football or work um, so yeah that's definitely been a challenge I suppose Yeah and I'm sure like and like setting up your own business it's not like a silver bullet either like there's challenges with that it's not like you get to just go live scot-free now and it kind of I suppose those challenges will always keep popping up but it sounds like your journey to this point that like you have um, I suppose you have a better resilience or awareness now to deal with it and also you know you've got people around you or you've got places you can go to help you or support you on your journey would that be fair to say like yeah absolutely look and I think it's a case of sometimes I like football clashes with working in the gym a lot of the time um, like we have class on the evening and I've trained on the evening or we have class on the weekend and I have matches and um, my class we'd be around a seminar, a seminar in the gym and I couldn't be there because I had a meeting with Loud or something you know sort of way so um, a lot of the time it's balancing the two and um, a lot of the time both of them are dragging you um, um, in opposite directions so yeah look I think it's it's been massively massively important for me to have good people and um, as you said um, good places to go to to lean on to, to help me through those and look the management team are very understanding of of what I'm trying to do work-wise, which has been massively important. Um, Mickey made that clear from the start, look, that um, life's more important um, and work is massively important um, in my life. So, yeah, it was, he made that clear at the start that, look, if anything has to um, come first, um, a lot of the time it's going to be work in your life at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, look, having places and people to to go to and lean on has been, has been crucial in making both successful on and off the field, yeah. And then the last one for you, Sam, is like as you as you continue that journey and you've like grown as a person, you've grown as an athlete, um, you're working to try and, you know, lead like lead loud, try and drive change there, try and drive improvement. How do you like how do you recharge yourself? How do you switch off? How do you kind of manage that kind of energy in aspect of the equation when a lot of stuff we've been talking about is energy out, going and doing a masters, upskilling yourself, trying to drive things. How do you kind of manage that balance within all that going on? It's probably the one thing that I haven't um, managed at all and I struggle, seriously struggle with um, switching off um, and it's one thing that I need to improve on. Um, I think I actually spoke about it last week at the rookie camp that I was listening to a podcast with, I don't know if any of you are familiar with, um, the CrossFit Games and Matt Fraser obviously been five-time world champion and I was listening to him. I'm, I'm a big big interest in CrossFit and, and him himself um, for what he's achieved but to listening to him saying that he can't just sit on the couch and um, relax. He needs to go down, I'll go down to the garage and fix something or I'll train and that's been a massive part of my life. I hate sitting still. I can't um, lie in bed in the morning because I feel like I'm not doing anything with my day and yeah, so that's been tough and I suppose trying to find mechanisms and um, solutions to that problem is something that I need to work on and look for me at the minute, it's, it's probably going for a coffee but then I find if I go for a coffee, I want to bring my laptop so I can do some work and 
So it's it's funny, uh, or if I want to go um, to the gym because I love exercise, I'm compromising training later on that day. So um, all the things I seem to love nearly bring more um, work or stress involved. So um, yeah, it's been it's, that's definitely been a challenge and something that I need to look at in terms of um, of improving as a as a player, a person, and being able to switch off for people around me. I think is important as well because um, again, you don't want to be bringing problems home and been moody when you get home nearly and I nearly feel sorry for um, the people in the house here um, when I come home from work or, and they're just trying to have a conversation which and you can't um, be there so that's yeah I think it's important that people find something that um, does help them switch off and that they can come in and um, relax um, but yeah look I suppose that's my challenge I suppose at the minute and uh, something that I need to work on but yeah look in terms of what I actually do is I do try to go for coffees or if it's a case of going and listen to a podcast there um, chilling out with some friends and um, stuff like that yeah so that would be what I try to do but uh, unsuccessfully sometimes No like obviously it sounds like look you have an awareness of it and just yeah. about, it's always something just I'm interested when you talk to people um, sometimes you you can get into a conversation someone suppose about finds themselves burned out because they've just been doing so much and then it's trying to catch catch it that bit earlier you know that when you're kind of you're looking after the the petrol tank or the, the battery, whatever you want to call it, of getting energy back in. So it sounds like it's something you, you think about and are kind of trying to to figure out, maybe haven't just yet, but definitely sounds like there's awareness there, you know. Um, yeah, listen, Sam, I suppose I'll just finish up by just saying thanks so much for coming on to the player's voice, for having such an honest and insightful conversation. Thank you so much for reflecting on your journey so far and I wish you nothing but the best on the journey ahead, both on and off the field. So thank you very much. Brilliant, Alan. Thanks, thanks, William. Thanks for having me. Good chat. The Players Voice podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. You can search the Players Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer to find previous episodes with the likes of Vicky Wall, Lee Keegan, Ashton Thompson, and Neil McManus. We would also really appreciate it if you rated or reviewed the podcast. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world, please go to www.realtalks.e. Thanks for listening.